This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Suicide Supporting the Aftermath is proudly brought to you with funding supplied by the Lions Club of Napier Host. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? Tune to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawks Bay. This is the program called Suicide Support in the Aftermath. And it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio in the hot seat, so to speak, Warren Brown from Star Wars. How are you going, Warren? I'm going well, thanks, Ken. Great to be here as, as usual. Good to see you, as always. God, how long have we been doing the show now? Some years. Some years? Yes. I, I can't even remember how long it's been. It must be five, is it? Is it five yeah, years? It must be easily five years. And I remember when you first came along, we said, okay, well, geez, can we get six shows out of this? Here we are. Five or six or seven years later. I know. Do. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, for us, it's, it's an incredible way to get, get, a, get us out there. Yeah, you know, it's fantastic. And it's a topic that, regardless of how often you repeat yourself, you're getting a message out there which is so important that it doesn't matter how many times you hear it, it's worth hearing again and again and again, isn't it? Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and no matter how, many, you know, how much we think we're putting ourselves out there, we always meet people who say well we haven't heard of you yeah that's right i know tell me that story yeah before we get into today's topic um just remind our listeners what staros is all about and what brought you to um start that organization up right here in hawks bay yeah well staros um, originally came from a, a support group that myself and a, another mum started back in 2012 so we're coming up, we're 10 years this yeah. year. So, um, And the reason that happened was I'd, I'd lost my older son in 2009 to suicide. And at the time I was living in Tauranga. And part of my process was to go to a support group there for, and be with other people going through the same stuff. And I found that really beneficial and it helped me a lot. Mm. Um, two years after that, or after Stu died, my wife and I decided we needed to change the environment we're in and we decided to move down to the Hawke's Bay. And the first thing I did was go looking for a group, you know, to carry on uh, where I was anyway mm. and, you know, being able to continue to help me where I was. And there was nothing here, as as is the case throughout the country. And then I met another mum who also lost her son and we got talking and we decided to start the group up and, and that's where we started anyway. That's where we came from. Mm. Country needs more people like you, Warren. People who aren't just sort of hanging around waiting for something to happen, that you make the stuff happen. How good, how good are you? I think there's, um, the country needs more groups of people like me. Yes, I would it think. does. But you know, yeah. take someone to actually say, let's do this. And then people oh, for sure. Get behind you, don't they? And, and uh, yeah. the community does get behind you, and you have had some fabulous gigs over the years. It's not a, it's not a five-minute thing. You, no. you you need to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. Um, I was I was just talking to a, a friend just before, and we were talking about, you know, sometimes you get into these things, and then you start getting people with egos. Yes, they think it's about them, and how much can I get out of it? And then it becomes about money and. And then you start losing the why. Yeah. You know, why are you doing this? Mm. What, what's your reason? And 
the minute you start to do that, then you need to walk away from yeah. that. Well, well, what keeps you going? I mean, uh, even with most organisations, you find that uh, you, you can get complacent. And it's not even that you've, you go off the organisation, it's just that it becomes a bit ho-hum, but it's never been like that. I mean, all the times that I've spoken with you and known you over the years, I don't see you're a ho-hum guy. It's sort of like it's not just another day, geez, I better go and make that uh, interview. What keeps you uh, committed to the organisation? Yeah, that's a good question too. It's uh, And, you know, you could call it a, a life balance. Mm. You've got your work, you've got your home life, um, what you do outside of home. I suppose this is... I wouldn't call it a hobby, but mm, this is yeah. this, this is a passion of mine, and but brought on by you know wanting to um, I don't know leave a legacy for yeah. for for my son, mm. and and Teresa and I say that, and if you read about us, it's Staros is a legacy in the name of both our sons. So. Yeah. Okay, now today uh, you bought in a fabulous book. Uh, we have the uh, first edition of uh, the Blokes book. And it's, uh, it has been created locally, and it's full of good stuff for blokes. Now, we say that without being sexist at all, because, you know, I often use the first book uh, in my breakfast show and just have a reference and say, hey, you know, guys, if you're having a bit of an issue, you can contact this number. But it's not just about guys. It refers to anyone. So if anyone's got a problem, then um, you can ring all the numbers, and uh, counsellors or trained people are there to help you out. But it really is aimed at blokes because us blokes are pretty useless at looking after ourselves in many ways, aren't we? We, we, we need our partners really to prod us along and say, hey, look, Warren, Ken, go and do something about it. Well, that's right. And, and, and it is. The, the book's full of, um, you know, uh, different groups, uh, different people you can contact. You know, no matter what, you know, sort of, angst you're going through or no matter what problem you're going through just have a flick through the book and and you'll find something near that that may be able to help you yeah um and it's you know you're right i mean as as blokes we we tend to you know internalize everything yes, we, we tend to want to fix everything ourselves yeah uh, we're you know it's difficult for us to actually ask for help mm. but this is i know it's a great handbook i suppose to to Help us along with that that journey. Yeah, I read an interesting um, article in the paper today. Was an opinion piece, and uh, the guy who was writing the piece, I forget who it was, um, said that you know New Zealanders are perceived to be uh, she'll be right, we can fix anything. Number eight, why? But not really like that at all. We're all pretty much, um, in many ways, insecure. We're frightened of stuff, but we don't want to let anyone know that we are. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, we we. I mean, that could be part of it. I mean, I've, I was certainly not the same person I am no. today uh, before my son died. And whether it takes, you know, a tragedy like that, or for yourself to have to go through intense trauma to get to get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that sometimes is is, is the way it is. But I mean, as society, you know, what we're trying to do as well is is to get you know more guys to speak about you know how they're feeling yeah. and that it's all all part of that you know that goal i suppose that that real goal of wanting uh, people to look after each other yeah look out for each other and and you know the whole whole well-being thing yeah and demystifying it and 
you know, making it as simple as possible. I mean, you know, just harking back to the sort of the bloke's book, I mean, this book here, particularly uh, your pages that you've got, Suicide, Grief and Support, uh, Staros, gives you all the contact information. Uh, I mean, suicide isn't just a bloke thing, although primarily uh, in the main does affect blokes more than women, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, women take their own lives as well. So it's a it's a book that anyone can pick up, even though it's called the bloke's book. I mean, I'll pick up all women's weekly and go through it. Um, there's always something good for you to read. And this book in particular is fabulous. And let's talk about your page. Uh, it's headed up Suicide, Grief and Support. And I like one of the big titles uh, on your page. It's called Helping a Mate Out. Well, that's as simple as that, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And, and, you know, we've talked about this, um, you know, millions of times. Yeah, that's right. It seems like millions of times, but a long time anyway. Uh, but don't underestimate how important, you know, just your t- spending time with, with your mate mm. is. And a lot of the time people won't say anything because they think, well, what do I say? You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what exactly. to say. And, and what if they say something that I'm not prepared for? Yeah. You know, what, what happens there? Yeah, well, what does happen there? I mean... That is the problem, isn't it? That we, because we don't really want to burden ourselves with their problem, but we want to help as well. We think, geez, what if he tells me something I don't want to know? Yeah, no, you're not going to burden yourself um, because you're you're getting them to to open up. I mean, you know, a simple a simple question like I've I've just noticed you haven't been yourself lately, yeah. or yeah, you've been you know, a bit quiet, or you've been a bit quiet, or you're actually doing things that you don't normally do. Yeah. Um, is anything anything up that you want to talk about? They may not want to talk about that. Yeah. But if they do, you've just opened the door for them. Yeah. And all you need to do is just give them the space, yeah. give them that time, and give them an ear. And it's not always about them just being quiet because it could be the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. They could be. Hang on. Geez, Warren's not normally this happy. Or it could be. You know, you've always admired my Lone Ranger book. I want you to have it. Here it is. Then that's think, right. Why would he be giving that away? So that's right. That's that changing behaviours and, you know, mm. you, all of a sudden you become tidy when you're messy. And, yeah, getting everything into order. Yeah, you get, get everything in order, everything in place, you know, because you're not going to be here. Yeah. I mean, but please, just... if The worst thing you can do is is not do anything. Yeah, because if if something happens, then comes the what ifs for yeah, you. Yeah. You know, why didn't I, I should have done this? Yeah. Why didn't I do that? Exactly. And that'll just you know that makes you puts you in a bad space. So. Yeah. Mind you, how do we really know? Um, because most of us are quite superficial and shallow, aren't we? When when we're around people, I hate to say that, but I'm possibly that way myself <laughs> around some people. And when they are making changes, you don't notice because you never noticed anywhere in the first place that, uh, you know, you might say good day to your neighbour, but as long as they wave back to you or even to your workmates, how are you going? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. And then you get on with what you're getting on with. We should be more aware, shouldn't we, of what's actually really going on rather than just paying lip service to other people. Yeah, but that in itself is difficult because you, you do what you've, you've just said. You say hello to someone. Yeah. If, if you don't notice anything, it's wrong. Apart from you know knocking on their door every five minutes, you know just <laughs> saying, "Well, right. you know, you're you okay, you're doing okay," yeah. and, you, and then you know walking on eggshells around everyone, you know, because you're not sure what you know how they how they're doing. Yeah, um, they might have just stubbed their toe when they got out of bed. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. The cat might have scratched them. I don't know, but yeah, it's 
if if you don't ask the question, you'll never know. No, that's right. And if they don't want to tell you, that's perfectly fine. And you ask some hard-hitting questions in your uh, column in this book, and uh, one of them is uh, asking about, well, first of all, you, you hit it up with, say, asking about suicide won't put the thought in their head. But then the next question is, uh, or the next statement is, ask them directly about their thoughts of suicide and what they are planning. That's a hard-hitting question, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, it's, it's part of the conversation. It's not all, you know, I'll ask this one, then I'll ask that one. Yeah. It's, you know, having that opening the conversation first and if they're talking with you, if they're responding and they want to talk about it, if they want to talk to you what's happening, you know, you ask them, you know, I've noticed, you know, things haven't been going too well for you lately mm. and stuff like that. And if they come back and extend on that and it gets, you know, a bit deeper than that. Yeah. And if you're really worried about them, sure, ask them. Yeah. Are, are you thinking about taking your life? Yeah. You'd be you'd be surprised because once they once they know you've got that, you know, once you've formed, I suppose it's a trust thing. Once you form that trust mm. during that conversation, they'll tell you if they want to tell mm. you. What do you do though? What say they do? You say yes, I have been thinking about it, but yeah, hey, look, it's just between you and me, Warren. What happens then? Oh, yeah, I'm trusting you with with a deep, dark confidence. What do you do? Yeah, you'll be surprised of that because it's once they've opened up to you, they know that someone cares, mm. and you continue that by saying, "Well, let's make a plan about what happens next. Mm. Um, should we go and see your GP? Should we go and see someone? Who would you like to go and see? Those sort of things." Yeah. How many times have I said this to you before? That uh, it sounds easy. Reading your book, I think. <laughs> well, who wouldn't do that? You know, listening to you, who wouldn't do that? But the trouble is, it's, uh, it's taking that step and actually becoming someone different from our own perspective that you know, we do want to help, obviously. But yeah, it's just taking that first step and broaching the topic, isn't it, and saying, let's do something about it together. But is it really changing who we are or is, or is it just unlocking what's there? Yes, well, yeah, that's I what mean, it is. How do we unlock that and yeah. become comfortable with unlocking it? I mean, I believe we, we all care about other people. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and it's just that sometimes we don't show that no. um, because because of that societal view of it, which we're you know along with all these other you know along with the people who created the bloke's book, yeah. we're trying to change all that stuff. I mean, it's like as much as we try and pull suicide from out from under the rock, we try and change that social view of what a man is. Mm. From out from under that rock as well, because that's been there for hundreds of years. Do you think it's fair to say though that the people who are aware that they're depressed or suicidal that ask for help, they're going to ask for help anyway. And the ones that are suicidal and they're depressed, then and they're not ever going to ask for help. You're never going to know about it because they don't want you to know about it. And it's, it can be quite easy for them to hide that sort of stuff, can't it? Oh, it can be, but it's the people who are never going to change where they are. Mm. You know, the, the, those numbers are are quite small, very small. Yes, considered, you know, considering how many are are there. Maybe just ask, waiting for someone to ask them what's happening. When you you take, for example, uh, Kevin Hines, who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. 
and he talks in his story about you know all he wanted was for someone to ask him how he was yeah and he was standing there and when a guy came up and tapped him on the shoulder he thought great and the guy wanted him to take a photo of him and his wife Fred. yeah <laughs> yeah i hate to laugh at that oh, i know it's an absurd and he laughs as well. It's, it's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All he wanted is it's because of, you know, he'd internalised everything for so long, he couldn't do it himself. Yeah. I wonder, though, surely in that guy's life, someone must have come along even the day before and said, you know, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin. Someone the day, g'day, Kevin, how you going? That's the one it might have taken. And you've said it many times. Um, it could be that when you're walking on the street or you're on your bike, flying past someone at 100 kilometres an hour, how are you going, Ken? And think, wow, someone cares enough to say, how am I going? You could make their day, and they think someone cares. Well, his, his father came into, into his room that morning and asked him, you know, how he was, yeah. and he just said he was okay. Yeah. So someone and did again, care. he spoke again. He said he had that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So he was wanting someone to say, how are you feeling? And they wanted to take a photo, and then they let him jump. I think we all do, and no matter how you know much of an ego we have, yeah, it's great if someone asks how you are, and you know, or you're looking well, or you're, of course you're doing something well. You did, yeah. that, you did that well. Yeah. Or it's it's not much to say. Well, you're not looking as well, and you know you haven't been doing these things great so much. Yeah, it's it's not much to change that. It's the, it isn't, and uh, you know, I always how many times have I said this, but you know, I always now make sure that I say good day to my neighbours. I don't have much to do with my neighbours. Uh, they're lovely people. They keep to themselves. I keep to myself. They say good day to me. I say good day to them. And, and I think that if I hadn't seen them for some time, I would probably say, what's going on? It's always a good idea, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, so helping a mate is what it's all about. But uh, like I say, it's a conversation. And again, how many times have you got to say it? It's a conversation that we don't want to have, but we have to have. Yeah, just yeah. As far as we're concerned, we we want to make a normal conversation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It wasn't that long ago we we didn't talk about cancer. No, that's right. And we talk about it all the time now because we everyone do. is affected by cancer Absolutely. in one way or another. Absolutely. It used to be one in three, then it was one in two. But I I suggest that there's probably another person out there listening to this program that hasn't been affected either directly or indirectly with that ripple effect of cancer. That's right, and but but it's the same as anything, yeah. You know, motor neuron and all mm, those sort of, of things. Everything where people have started those conversations, and now it becomes all mainstream. So yeah, this what, is no different. Yeah, but why don't we mind talking about cancer? Why don't we mind talking about motor neuron disease? Or why don't we mind talking about uh, brain disease? But we do mind talking about suicide still. We do, but it's changing. Yeah, it is changing, and. We'll continue to make that or help make that change, that's for sure. Do these um, times that we're living in, these uncertain times, COVID times, do they um, worry you in particular as being part of of Staros? Because, you know, you're you're all about um, suicide support, prevention. Are these times worse as far as we're concerned for the general public? extremely challenging times. Yes. Um, I don't believe we've seen the real impact of it, no. and and we won't until probably when it's finished. Yeah, because of the the real, you know, the real cost of people losing jobs, mm-hmm. and losing their houses, you know, broken relationships, 
all those sort of things, losing their lives, losing loved ones to mm. um, COVID or whatever. But oh, yeah, I don't think the 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 real impact will be seen for a little while yet. Yeah. Do you think it's affected? Uh, do you think there's more suicides because of COVID? I mean, I know the reporting is now uh, months and months, if not years, behind because of the way the coronial courts work now, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, I, I just know that uh, we still meet people yeah. who have lost people, yeah. and that's all that matters to us. Um, I, I'm, I've always said I'm not big on numbers. I don't, I don't, I'm not big on stats and stuff like that. Because every person we meet is a is one person yeah. who's lost one person. Yeah, I have yet to come across anyone who, in their daily conversation, doesn't talk about COVID. It's burning a hole into everyone's brain, isn't it? And uh, people that I know that used to be up, 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 you know, they're they're not up anymore. You know, they're worried about it. That's what they talk about, and what's going to happen if this happens, and what's going to happen if that happens, and you know, it's yeah, but again, it's awful. But, yeah, it is awful. Yeah, but and, and I'm with you. I, every every conversation, you know, I I don't watch the news at night. No, because it's I don't blame you. It's just you know, just continued COVID, and I, I don't want to hear about that. No. You think there was nothing else in the world? No, that's right. There, and there is good stuff happening. I yeah. mean, I know there's good stuff. Happening, You've got to look but, for it now. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, like the. The impact it has on, on, on charities like us, you know, not for, small not-for-profits like mm-hmm. us, and the people we cohabitate our offices, we know, like Acorn and Child Cancer and, and a myriad of others who rely on community for funding and everything, you know, it's extremely challenging for us, you know, the because the fundraisers aren't happening. Mm. You know, people don't want to do a fundraiser now because it's, too hard yeah it's it's extremely difficult to fit in with what you're allowed to do the guidelines of what you're allowed to do i know so where do you go from there though how do you how do you get around that oh yeah i mean we're, we're extremely lucky i mean extremely fortunate i mean you know when the hundy got cancelled last mm. year i mean that, that was a big uh, a big um income for us every year for the last couple of years and when that didn't happen we thought oh no you know we're what are we going to do now? Mm. But what happened with the community and all the teams who entered, they continued to fundraise for us. That is great. Last week, we got an email from, not one to mention everyone, you know, because I'm going to miss someone out. Yes. So this this wonderful organisation emailed us and said, oh, we still, because they did a, um, you know, other others did the, the event themselves, mm-hmm. you know, the, on the day. Yeah. Um, others did something else. Others, you know, did head shaves. Others, you know, did their own thing within their their own businesses and stuff like that to raise money mm-hmm. to continue to raise money for us. And they come back with another two and a half thousand, wow. two and a half thousand dollars on top of what they'd already done yeah, for us. That's great news, isn't it? And what it's done is that it's virtually given us what we're doing from the hunty for the you know for for the last two years as well. Mm-hmm. So. In essence, we we didn't really lose out from not running the hunty mm. because the community still wanted to support us. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And it's fabulous. That's why our focus will never change. It'll always be community focused and all about community, all about people. So. Yeah.
that's exactly what it needs to be as well. We're just about out of time. Just remind our listeners, if we want any help, and, and I suppose if we want immediate help, if we're feeling depressed because of COVID or whatever reason, then just remember that you can free call or text 1737 at any time. That's 24 hours a day, yep. seven days a week, and uh, a trained counsellor will talk to you. There's a whole host of other people that you can chat to. Too many for us to tell you on on the in this program now. But also, if you want one of those books that Warren bought a whole bunch in for us to give away, it's called The Blokes Book. Anyone can have one, though. Just give us a call here at the station on H seven double eight seven one zero, and you can come up and grab one. Um, but if you want to get hold of you, Warren, star us. How do we do that? Yep, um, and just on that, you can go to Dad's HQ website and order some more as well if you want to do that. Oh, how good is that? Great, yeah, excellent. Uh, Yes, you can contact me on 027-286-4071, my colleague Sandra on 027-684-3033, or have a look look on our website and Facebook page. Good on you, Warren. My pleasure, as always. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place in two weeks' time. Thanks, Ken. Same to you. Some nights up in heaven since you arrived Since you arrived Suicide, supporting the aftermath, is proudly brought to you with funding supplied by the Lions Club of Napier Host. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.